game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. And now, the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Pass over to Kane, has it on the right at the dot, across, one-timer, oh, that's blocked, what a play, another chance, scores, to break it, with a second chance, after the first one was blocked by CeCe, he rips it in on the power play, Chicago's gonna win it, 4-3 in overtime. That is Alex Dabrinkit's 30th goal of the season. It ends the game tonight in Chicago. The Oilers fall 4-3 to the Blackhawks. Leon Dreisaitl in the penalty box for tripping after the Oilers had done something they hadn't done all year. Tying the game with the goalie on the bench. Evander Kane's score got a bit of a bounce on a centering pass to send it to overtime. It was Kane's second of the night, but full marks for Chicago, to Chicago for the victory. They were the better team this evening, and they take it 4-3 in OT. I can also tell you in Calgary, Mike Hoffman has just scored for Montreal, and now going into the final two minutes, the Canadians lead the Flames 4-3. Montreal at Rogers Place on Saturday. We're in the Friesen Brothers Broadcast Center along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins for Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Let's go back to Chicago. Here's Oilers coach Jay Woodcroft. A goal late in a game to find the way to uh, send it to overtime. I think it speaks to our players' um, character to push in that fashion. And uh, in the end, we found a way to get a point out of uh, a tough game here tonight. Uh, Darnell talked about the first period. It was a little scrambly. Mm -hmm. uh, how did you describe the rhythm of your team tonight? Well, um, I didn't love our board work today, so uh, specifically uh, plays we made along along the wall. Thought that uh, that either directly or indirectly led to a lot of chances against and a few goals against early in the game. So didn't love that, um, but I thought we found a way to stay in the game um, and grind out one point. We didn't give up. We found a way to score a power play goal, a four-on-four goal and then at the end of the game a six on five goal so um just like after wins we don't uh, spend a ton of time uh, celebrating we're gonna take uh, the point of this building here in chicago we're gonna get on the plane and we're gonna prepare for our, our game on saturday we were talking earlier there was a lot of emotion in the building with the ceremony some of it for one of your own players who was obviously here a long time can you guys feed off of that or how did you handle all that uh yeah, I thought I thought it was a good crowd tonight. I thought uh, anytime you come into this building, just the the anthem alone gets you fired up as the visiting team. And um, yeah, I mean there was a lot of emotion, obviously, with um, celebrating Yalmerson and then uh, Duncan's first game back in in Chicago. And I do think you can draw from that, regardless of if you're the home team or the visiting team. Miko Koskin's a proud goaltender, but he'll be the first to admit of his mistake on the third goal. He's been so good for your team over this stretch. Mm -hmm. How much did the guys really want to rally back and get the team back in it for Miko? Yeah, he's one of those goalies that uh, the players in front of him really want to play hard for him. They're not just playing with him, they play hard for him. Um, you referenced the third goal there, but he made a lot of numerous saves uh, that allowed us to get a point out of this game. Um, and so, 
you know what, like I said, we're not going to overcook it, overthink it. We're going to try and get as much rest as we can. The schedule uh, is uh, unrelenting. Uh, so we're going to get it on that plane, rest up, and be ready for Saturday. I know it's quick, but any update on Tyson Berry? Uh, no update right now. Okay. No update, no. First two goal game for Evander, too, since he's come to your team. How much help has that been? Yeah, I, I think he had some jump in his step today, uh, not only on the goals that he scored, but uh, just in his skating. I thought, can't forget, uh, he missed a good portion of, of our season. Um, so he's just, you know, getting up and running. I think we're seeing just scratching the surface of what he'll, he'll be able to bring to our team long term and uh, two goals for him he's got to feel good about his game Coach, with so much going on around the world yeah. how are you keeping your guys focused are you guys talking about it I'm sure the guys amongst themselves talk but what do you guys do as a team to make sure the guys are focused on the game well, we spent a lot of time since I've come in uh, to our, our group here and, and since Dave Manson uh, and I both came into the group here three weeks ago, just talking about the things within our control, um, focusing on our daily process um, and making sure that, that we pay attention to what is immediately before us and uh, once we've played that game that day or practiced that day or traveled that day uh, then we move on to the next day and, th and that's what we're trying to do as a team here. Jay how do you describe I guess characterize this road trip after going 2-2-1 two, two especially with the first three games against yeah. the top teams but every game is tough but yeah, I, I mean, I would compliment the Chicago Blackhawks on how they played the game today. I thought they played hard. Um, they have some real dangerous players, and uh, every game has been close. Um, you look at you look at those games; the, those aren't easy buildings to come uh, away with points in. We found a way to have a 500 road trip. Um, obviously, we think we could have had more, but. Uh, it is what it is. Like I said, we're not going to overcook it. We're going to take the good out of it and rest up and get ready for Saturday. Thanks, Jay. Thanks, guys. All right, that's Jay Woodcroft, coach of the Oilers, after they lose 4-3 in overtime to the Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, Rob Brown will start by talking about the power plays for Extreme Power Products, your full-line Kubota dealer with four locations, including their new Camrose location. Check out Extreme with the next PowerProducts.com. I, I know sometimes it gets killed off but it just seems like when there's a four on three in overtime, you can pretty much put the game in the books. Oddly enough, the last time the Oilers won a game in Chicago was a power play overtime goal by, uh, by Mark Letestu back in the early 18, 19 season. I, I mean, the Oilers killed off the, the first minute, but uh, I mean, you just saw a cane so dangerous on that side, couple of shots and then the quick pass across to Debrink it. It's game over. Well, it's funny. It's you, you just, talk as you're describing what happened you uh, highlighted why four and threes are all power plays become successful it started with a couple of shots and then it opened everything up and they were very hesitant at the beginning or very i guess controlled and they waited waited and then once they put the shot on net once the rebound comes back out now it's chaos there's a second shot players are diving players are laying down people are going trying to get back into positioning and that's when you get the pass across for a wide open net, uh, when it was when they kept it to the outside, the Blackhawks and were just trying to find that first, first perfect pass and perfect shot. Uh, the the Oilers were able to stay in the right shooting lanes and the right passing lanes, and there wasn't really a whole lot. But as soon as the first shot became a rebound, well, now there's chaos, and 
Patrick Kane has made a career out of being creative and seeing things that no one else does. And he got the puck and a nice little saucer pass that lands on the stick of Debrinket and the kid can shoot. And he made absolutely no mistake. And he, I mean, he had a wide open net. Koskinen had no chance. But uh, to me, my favorite power play when I played was the four on three. It just, there was so much room on the ice. You could do just about anything. The defenders couldn't come out at you because there was only the three of them. And eventually you wore them down and that's what the Blackhawks did. I can tell you that Elias Lindholm tied the game with 27 seconds left, so the Canadians and Flames are in overtime tied 4-4. We'll talk more about the Habs later on, Rob, but I I, I mean, I, I was thinking earlier in the week, I, I, that, I think they're going to be the to turn out to be the toughest opponent out of these three that the Oilers faced of the non-playoff teams this week, but we'll talk more about them uh, later on. They're certainly scoring some goals and playing with a little more flow to their game. Uh, Miko Koskinen, a good road trip for him. We know, obviously, that a weakness of his is puck handling. He fired one over the glass in Philadelphia. He gives one away today, and Kubalik just blasted in. Good shot from a sharp angle, but, uh, I mean, he did have Koskinen out of the net. Um, again, tough play for Koskinen. I will say, though, if if not for his performance, it's probably 4-2 Chicago after two periods and not 2-2 going to the third. Oh, absolutely right. Uh, the Blackhawks were the better team, and Koskinen was outstanding in this game. As we watched the Montreal Canadiens score the winning goal in overtime, you're right, they are playing well. Uh, but it, it's funny, Koskinen, uh, he can do so many good things, and, and he has over the course of this stretch. But the one thing that it always uh, is an Achilles heel to him is his is, is playmaking ability. Um, he, it, it just, it, it's almost comical because it always seems to come back and bite him. And we've seen Mike Smith, you know, flub a few because he touches the puck so often. It's like the star players in the National Hockey League always have the most turnovers because they touch it more. But every time it seems Smith makes the flub, it somehow gets saved. But every time Koskinen makes his mistake, oh, they'll score on the power play or they'll score on the, the bad bounce off the back end or they'll score on this one with the wide open net. And yes, that was a great shot by Kubelik. That wasn't easy. Uh, it's something that you would think as a young goaltender, you would try to help him get through it and get better. But as an older goaltender, this is what you got. <laughs> he's he's not getting any better at moving the puck. And at that point, you just try to simplify it. And you say, all right, uh, you throw it up along the, the, the rubber, along the top of the boards. You don't throw it higher. And you never throw it anywhere but the boards. And that was the mistake there. If he would have just thrown it on the around the curl of the boards, it's much harder to pull off and shoot right away. But when he just threw it straight up, it makes it a much easier play for the forward coming in. Now, the Oilers do get a point tonight because they did do something they haven't been able to do this season, and that's tied with the goalie out in the final minute of the game. Evander Kane scored. It was his second of the night. And, uh, I mean, the Oilers did get a bounce there. I mean, they, they did stick with it. I will give them credit for that on a night and mostly outplayed and, and quite sloppy at times. But they did keep the pressure on late in the game, and it paid off as Evander Kane got a bounce on his attempt to pass. Yeah, and very fortunate. It was funny when the Oilers pulled their goalie and then there was a timeout. I, as, a, as a fan or someone that's been around the game forever, you're waiting for, okay, here comes Jonathan, Jonathan Taves on the ice to take the face off. And the Blackhawks didn't. They left their fourth line out there. I'm like, that's odd. But the kid at center did his job, and he won the faceoff back to Seth Jones. And Seth Jones could have iced the game. He had all the time in the world. They had a set play because the Blackhawk players were taking off. They were going down to try and beat out an icing. And Seth Jones, who is their star acquisition, uh, just flubbed it. 
and then the Oilers pounced and they went hard at it. And uh, Evander Kane, if it doesn't hit Jones and stick and goes in, well, there's going to be a, a mouth a goal mouth scramble because Hyman was right in there. Leon was jumping in there. Uh, smart, take the puck to the net like Kane was trying to. You never know what could happen. And a little confidence builder going forward that the Oilers now have scored with the goalie pulled and feel a little bit more confident. So, and for Kane, he wants to be on the ice when they pull their goalie. And that's a good way to do it, scoring a goal when you get the chance. Evander Kane scores twice. Leon Dreisettle had the other goal for the Oilers. So that's a $300 donation to 630 Chad Santa's Anonymous from James H. Brown and Associates. Unrivaled experience, unrivaled commitment, unrivaled results. James H. Brown giving $100 for every Oilers goal throughout the season. And they needed one more tonight, though. The Blackhawks win at 4-3 in overtime. Jay Woodcroft said in that postgame interview, Rob, that he didn't love our board work tonight. Certainly the the, the two goals uh, in the first period that Chicago got, the Oilers didn't win battles along the wall, weren't able to chip pucks out. I thought that was a problem tonight, something we've seen the Oilers do better lately, make those little plays, win those battles along the wall, or at least tie up the, the player on the other team so they don't get a, uh, a free pass out of there. But uh, a little detail that was definitely missing from Edmonton's game tonight. Yeah, and again, I not to make excuses, but the tenth day of a road trip, the fifth game, that's when the details start to go sideways. And and you can talk about it before a game. Let's simplify. Let's make all the easy plays. Make all the simple plays. But sometimes the brain and the hands have a, have an argument. And they don't do what you're supposed to do. And tonight, the others just weren't as good. And also, the one thing that uh, it, when you lose a lot of board play is when the other team pushes faster and gets there quicker and there's more stress in your game and I think we saw that tonight the Blackhawks had jump so anytime that the others would have that extra second against the boards in other games they didn't have it the Blackhawks were already there and sometimes you you panic and you, you make uh, you turn an easy play into a hard play and the Blackhawks capitalized on it so uh, the unfortunate thing when you're fatigued uh, for the Oilers is there's and for all the teams in the NHL right now there's no rest the way this schedule is set up the remainder of the season teams are going to be playing every second night so the Oilers have somehow got to find some energy because I I don't know if you were but I was certainly watching parts of the Calgary Montreal game Montreal's quick too and right now the Edmonton Oilers team looked a little bit behind tonight a step behind and you can't afford to do that against teams that skate Chicago did and the Montreal Canadiens are also a team that skates so 4-3, the Hawks take it in overtime with two goals tonight. Here's Evander Kane. That goal, did it look like the momentum had swung your way for good there? Uh, I mean, you hope so. Um, you know, obviously, it was great to be able to tie it, uh, force overtime, give ourselves a chance to win. Uh, but that's the way it goes sometimes. There's a lot of emotion in the building. We were talking with the ceremonies before the game. How did you guys handle that? Well, I, I think the only guy that uh, maybe had any sort of pressure on with me was Dunks. You know, I think we as the rest of the team, we should handle that just fine. Um, you know, I think we got off to a bit of a sloppy start, but, um, you know, found a way to come out of it tied. I think, uh, you know, I think we need a little bit more drive in our game and, 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 and that will pay off uh, for us down the road here. How about you first, first two-goal game of the season? Finally rolling into shape, you think, and legs and whatnot? Yeah, you know, uh, the last couple of games, I, I thought I've had uh, good legs, but haven't really gotten uh, a lot of opportunities or clean looks. And tonight, I, I you know, finally got some pucks towards the net, uh, which is a big part of my game, and um, was able to get rewarded.
And how do you describe this road trip for your club after going 2-2-1? Two, two um, I'd say average. I, I think, you know, you look at uh, the trip, uh, you know, at the beginning, you know, we got a gauntlet of a start. Um, so to come out of it 500, uh, you know, I, I guess it could have been worse, but uh, I think we expected better. But again, we got we to gotta take it, move forward, and not dwell on it. In a couple of your losses, though, you guys really showcased some positives. Is there a lot to build off of out of this road trip? Yeah, I, I think we we know how we can play. I, I think we're we need to continue to add uh, that that drive and that grit uh, to our game and, and and simplify a little bit um, because when we do that we have success. So um, I thought we got away uh, away from that a little bit tonight, um, but we'll have to find it come Saturday. Yeah, and that'll be their adjustment of the game for Pro Drain Text for peace of mind down the line. Some things to work on for Saturday. That is Evander Kane as the Oilers lose 4-3 in overtime to Chicago. You're also going to hear from Darnell Nurse, and we're happy to hear from you as well on the hotline presented by CertainTeed, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling system. CertainTeed, pro all the way. That is 780-496-0063. You're listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 chair. Now to Strom, trying to get it back to DeHaan, doesn't work. Strom brings it into Kubalik. He'll shoot it off the glove. Here's the rebound, Patrick Kino, robbed by Koskinen, and he's going to hold on. Well, overall, it was another good start from Koskinen, and even though he made a misplay with the puck that led to a goal, but he made a lot of good stops, and that's his save of the game for Reface Magic. Transform your kitchen with ease at refacemagic.ca. Let's just look around the NHL quickly here because uh, we'll, we'll do a standings update. The Bruins beat the Golden Knights 5-2. As Rob and I mentioned, Canadians over the Flames 5-4 in overtime. The Coyotes beat the Avalanche 2-1. Penguins pound the Lightning 5-1. Panthers shut out Ottawa 3-zip. Wild beat the Flyers 5-4. Caps over the Hurricanes. 4-zip. The Canucks win on the road 4-3 against the Islanders. And yeah, right here at 6-30, Chad Blackhawks beat the uh, Oilers 4-3 in overtime. The update there for Edmonton Trailer. Looking for parts, service rentals, or new and used semi-trailers, head to edmontontrailer.com. The standings are uh, so tight, even a single point can make a big difference. So the Oilers now with 64 points. Vegas lost in regulation time. So both the Oilers and Golden Knights with 64 points in 55 games. The Oilers have the tiebreaker at the moment, so they are third in the Pacific, and Vegas drops down to the second wildcard spot. Of course, tons of hockey left, but uh, just a quick update there. The Flames get a single point, so they ha- the, the top three in the Pacific, Calgary 71, LA 65, Edmonton 64. Uh, was that all make sense, Rob? Dallas hanging around. Do you consider and Dallas Anaheim has a couple Van- of games in hand? They do. Do you consider Anaheim and Vancouver hanging around? They've played 56 games. Edmonton's played 55. Dallas has played 53. Well, they are because all it is is one week uh, of, uh, you know, you, you run into a, a tough stretch, you lose three games, and all of a sudden they're back in it. Uh, to me, Dallas is the team I've said all along that I believe will be a playoff team. I just think that they this is the type of hockey at this time of year that they're built for. They got a couple games in hand. They're only one point behind Nashville, Vegas, Edmonton, uh, and just two behind LA with games in hand on all of those teams. So it's you, you, the thing that you're going to find right now is you can't have a, a tough spell. A tough spell, you fall way out because um, teams are going to start playing against each other. So there's going to be three-point games coming along. 
Uh, at the very worst, you got to do what the Oilers did on this road trip, go completely 500. If the Oilers would have gone, you know, one and four on this trip, they'd be out of the playoffs by a couple of points, and all the teams are going to go through that now. It's, but this is the fun time here. Anytime you get down into, into the 20s with 20 games uh, left right around there is when it gets really exciting, and that's when the players start looking at these standings a little bit more. Okay, Oilers lose 4-3 in overtime. Alex Debrinkat got the game winner. The uh, Oilers record is now 30-21-4. We'll go to the Certainty Hotline. We have Cam standing by. Hey, Cam, go ahead. Just a couple of things, you guys. I just want to talk about the gentleman that sings the national anthem for Chicago. What a voice on that guy, eh? And also, yeah, that's, a, that's fun. Yeah. Oh, and then Malone. Let's talk about Malone. What a night tonight. He was all over the ice tonight. What do you guys think? Stay on the team? Uh, no, he, he, when they're healthy, he won't be on the team. He'll be back down in the minors. But it, he's, it, it's a nice story. Uh, I think he's looked fine out there. He hasn't looked out of place. Uh, but he's obviously benefiting from the fact that the Oilers have a number of players out. Once this team gets healthy, he'll be back down in the minors and trying to lead a bunch of young players down there. Malone tonight played 920, credited with five hits. That's pretty good. Yeah, he gets involved. He does get involved. He was minus two on the the evening. He had that big hit the other night in Philadelphia. I mean, I think you know what you're going to get from from Brad Malone. Plays a mm-hmm. plays a hard game. I mean, isn't going to be a isn't going to be a star. Speaking of hits, Rob. Duncan Keith had four. Sorry, mm-hmm. he had two hits. Okay. He had four blocked shots, and he had oh. zero points. Now, I set the line before the game at five and a half for Keith's points plus hits plus blocks. Uh, or, I'm, sorry, you... I, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I looked in the wrong column. I'm actually way off. I was looking oh, at CeCe's column. I was just, just going to credit you. He had two blocks. He had two blocks and no hits, so he only got two. So he's under. Oh. He's, uh, who is the winner there? I got to check now. I think it was Richard. So Richard gets the $50 River Cree Resort and Casino gift card. Excitement bet on it. I set the line at five and a half. I looked at the, I looked at the wrong line. I was like, wow, I was close. They did. Duncan Keith was not credited with a hit. Yeah, I'd be so excited there. I thought, wow, you did it again. And then just a big deflation. It's like it's like scoring a goal early and then before they announce it, the other team comes down and scores. I just deflated that's, on the bench right now. that We have I'm, a sag I'm, over here. I'm sorry, buddy. I'm sorry. No, that's all right. <laughs> I should know how to read a box score right now. Well, I got to look at the wrong line. Anyway, uh, Duncan Keith, humorous moment. Jonathan Taves went right at his stick in the ceremonial face-off, so they briefly jousted there. That, that was funny. It was <laughs> a little entertaining, but, but when you're good buddies like that and you've had the success and the friendships over the years, you can have a little fun on a, on a, on a wonderful night for Duncan Keith. All right, news and weather coming up. If you're on hold, please stay there. We want to talk to you. You'll also hear from Darnell Nurse. The Oilers get a late goal to scratch out a single point, but they lose an overtime 4-3 to the Chicago Blackhawks. The Oilers now coming home to face Montreal on Saturday. More in a couple of minutes. This is Heartland 4 Overtime Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Pulls to the middle, now to McDavid. Side of the net, Kane pass in front, scores! Evander Kane, he banks it in, and the Edmonton Oilers have tied the game. Well, Evander 
Kane now up to seven goals in 16 games as an Edmonton Oiler. He gets two tonight. That was the one in the final minute of the third with Koskinen on the bench for the extra attacker. The Oilers would lose in overtime, but that play helps them salvage a point. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown on the Friesen Brothers Broadcast Center for Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Rob, with, with the six on five, how do teams try to run that uh, as opposed to, say, a five on four power play? Is there What, what are some of the differences there? Um, not a whole lot. I mean, you want to keep it to the outside and then attack. So you want to keep it away and try to, when you're on the outside, the perimeter, you're trying to pull the defenders out to you. And then that opens up a seam where you can go somehow across, whether it's across the box or across far post, something along that line. And you're trying to find a shooting lane. So if you're just trying to pull them out further and further. And as soon as you pull them out, then you attack. And you saw that Connor McDavid was wide. When it went down to Evander Kane, Kane had some time. And then the Blackhawks were trying to get desperately get back, but Kane had a bit of time to make his play. And the thing is, when you're on a six-on-five, when you're further away, give yourself a little bit of space, they can't attack you. Because what they want is they want, to, they want to eventually get you into a spot where they can attack, and then everyone attacks on a player. Because then now you got to make a perfect pass and a perfect read. Uh, until then, you're just kind of at the mercy, waiting for that bobble, that mistake, and the Oilers didn't have that. They got the puck on the stick of the right guy, and then they attacked the net. And Evander Kane was fortunate the puck went in the net. But if it didn't go in, there would have been a scramble. And that's what you're looking for. You're looking for that one opportunity to push the puck over the goal line. Tonight, the Oilers got it. You know, Rob, we talk about the the two things that are keys in games. You got you got to make plays, and, and you got to avoid mistakes. And I think part of the reason the Oilers were able to salvage a point out of this game was they, they did take advantage of Chicago mistakes because they didn't make as many positive plays. I think you'd have to give Chicago the edge there. You mentioned, though, the Seth Jones failing to clear it about 10 seconds before Evander Kane scored. And uh, too, too many men penalties in the first period mm-hmm. by Chicago. And, and quite frankly, Rob, they were close a couple times in the second period to, to having too many men a couple of more times. And the one that Dreisaitl scored the, uh, the goal on, like that was that was that wasn't on a change. There there were six no. Blackhawks <laughs> out there playing their positions. There was well, eventually they went from the overview. You saw the the one guy who read it. He was on the far far side by the corner, and he re- okay, we got six guys out, and he starts sprinting across the ice. Unfortunately, it becomes pretty obvious to the refs at that point. Yeah, well, bad teams find ways to lose, and uh, tonight and silly penalties they took, and then the one at the end. I mean. Seth Jones, that's their, that's supposed to be their stud defenseman. Um, that's the guy they were going to build the back end around. Uh, the Chicago Blackhawks did everything right on the faceoff. They won the draw. They held up to give Jones time. They had their winger flying the zone to try to beat out an icing, out an icing call because that's what their play was to for Seth Jones to fire at the net. And if he doesn't hit it, well, we're going to try and beat them in a race. And Seth Jones, I mean, complete whiff. And the problem, you don't, you can never throw it soft up the middle in case you, you fluff it. If you fire it, if he takes a slap shot there and it hits someone, well, the puck's not falling flat on the ice for the guy that gets hit. The puck's going to go wherever. Um, but he didn't do that. That was a soft play. And uh, you, you just, you have a chance to win a game, a, a big game for them because they've been struggling to get all these players back. And then that's the play you make. That's just uh, a team that's struggled all season long. Their star player made a really big mistake there and at that point cost them the opportunity to win in, in regulation. Fortunately for them, 
a an unfortunate tripping call on dry settle and then the magic of patrick kane set up the game winner 4-3 Chicago wins. Whenever the Oilers score five or more in a game, we turn on the Japanese Village Goal Light on 630Ched.com. That would allow you to print up a coupon for a free appy at Japanese Village featuring Alberta's own Brant Lake Wagyu. Visit jvedmonton.ca. We have Rocket on the Certainty Hotline, 780-496-0063. Go ahead, Rocket. Yeah, Rob, you know what, buddy? You nailed it. Like, and that's exactly what I thought tonight, too, is that uh, Chicago deserved to win this game. The Oilers got a lucky goal at the end. And to be honest with you, when they scored it, I was shocked. Like, I, I was flat out, flat out knew we were going to lose two points when we were down 3-2. And the fact that they tied it near the end there on that play, it was it was remarkable that we got actually a point out of the game, and it was it was it was so remarkable that I almost knew that we weren't going to win two points in overtime, and of course you know you get the you get the uh, the dry saddle tripping penalty and that's icing on the cake and and it's over. But I expected that. I didn't expect us to even get a point out of this game. The fact that we did. Um, you know, it, it tells me that, you know, this team is, you know, never say die and you never know what's going to happen. And, yeah, you get lucky breaks. Did we deserve it? No. But we got it. You know, we got a point. And that's, and to me, that's all that matters at this point in time in the season. Just wanted to know your thoughts, Robbie. Yeah, Thanks, no, Rocket. I agree. Um, it was a, a game where the Chicago Blackhawks were the better team. Um, they had done a pretty good job up to that point in the third period, uh, limiting Oilers' grade-A scoring chances. But when you, you just, Chicago just can't make a, a huge mistake when you've got Connor and Leon on the ice, and that's what Seth Jones did at the end. Uh, I give credit to the Oilers. They found a way to get a point in a game that they were certainly the second-best team on the ice. And we've seen this script before, though, with the Oilers. If they get good goaltending, and Koskinen was good, despite the, the gap, when they get good goaltending, they've got the stars that are capable of taking them, uh, winning games for them with Connor and Leon, who were good tonight. I, I just, right now, the Oilers, though, need to find rest. They, they looked tired. They looked sloppy. Uh, and unfortunately for them, their star players are, are being overplayed because you have no Nugent Hopkins, you have no Pugliarvi, yeah. uh, Cassian. Uh, I mean, other regulars in the lineup are out, and that's forcing you know the coaching staff to overplay his star players in a time where there's not a lot of rest as they're going to come back right away. So they fly all the way home from from out in, in Chicago. They get a day, and then all of a sudden, it's a, I think it's a late afternoon game on Saturday. So they got to somehow find some energy. But in games like that, that's where you need big goaltending nights. And that'll, next, it'll be Smith's job on Saturday to try and uh, give them a, a quality start to allow them to beat the Montreal Canadiens. Well, and and that's the concern with injuries, Rob. You can always mm -hmm. survive them short term, right? Yep. And anything can happen type of league, you know, 82 games. But that that's a bit of a worry for me now as it's going on with several games without Nugent Hopkins, Pooley Arvey, you know, Cassian, who I know has had an up and down season, but still he's an NHL regular when he's healthy. And, and, again, and again, I think Nugent Hopkins is the big one. And we saw it earlier in the season. Uh, it certainly affects the penalty kill, has an impact on the power play as well. 
He's being been he's been used at center since Woodcroft became the coach. So now things get jumbled around there. And then even late in the third period tonight, for the last couple of five on five shifts before the goalie pull, Drysdale and McDavid are together. You know, if you have Nuge, maybe you're thinking, oh, you know what? He's having a good game. I'm going to, I'm going to put McDavid and, and Nugent Hopkins together and leave Dreisaitl's line intact. So to me, that that to me that's the most significant one is not having oh. Nugent Hopkins playing his 20 to 22 minutes. You're absolutely right. And, and two big scenarios that you see tonight and, and in the last game where that really shows it is the Oilers were trying to, you know, cut down on Leon and Connor's minutes. And one of the ways they were doing it was trying to have two a two power plays, two power play units on the ice. Well. With no Nugent Hopkins, that means Kane or or someone moves up. With no Pugliarvi, you you're now limited what you have in your second unit. So now the first unit's playing a minute forty, minute forty five. Last game, I think Connor McDavid had a two minute and twenty second shift because he played the whole two and some afterwards. So right there, without Nugent Hopkins, now you don't have a second power play unit. So they're being overplayed that way. And the other one was a great example in overtime when Leon Drysaddle took the took the penalty. Usually he plays the five on three. He's the the one player forward that the Oilers throw out. And if he doesn't, it's Nugent Hopkins. And tonight, I believe it was Derek Ryan that came out there. So there's another time you miss Nuge big time. Because Nuge, if Leon's your best five on three defender, Ryan Nugent Hopkins is a very, very close second. And they didn't have him in that situation either. And that's where the game-winning goal came from. Oilers lose 4-3 in overtime in Chicago. Here's Darnell Nurse. Um, but stuck with it, found a way to get a point, found a way to get it to uh, extra time. You just want to take home that uh, that last point after a long trip. Well, there was a lot of emotion in the building tonight with Duncan coming back here with the Shalmers and things, but you guys seem not to be rattled by How did you handle it? Yeah, just even keel like any other night, obviously. It's probably more emotional for Dunks than any of us, or we, none of us have... Uh, have done uh, what, what he's done in this building and for this organization, um, but it was, uh, you know, obviously a, a big night for him. And wish he could have got that uh, the last point for him. And I just want to talk about the third goal. Of course, Mikko Koskinen, he's a very proud guy. He'll be the first to admit that he made a mistake, and he's been so great for you guys throughout this entire stretch in the last eight games. How much did you guys really want to fight back in order to kind of show you, show him that you guys had his back? And get yeah, his no, Koski's been unbelievable for us. Um, he's, he's playing hard. Uh, things happen in the game, but he's uh, he played uh, his butt off again tonight and, and held us in it at points in the game when, uh, you know, they could have went up, they could have went up one or two, and, um, you know, he made some huge saves, so he had a great night tonight again. You talked about the first period a little out of sync. How would you describe the rhythm of your club tonight? Yeah, it was a uh, yeah. Uh, the first wasn't uh, wasn't our best. Found a way to gain a little bit of momentum there in the second, and the third. Like I said, we stuck with it, battled back, and then found a way to get to, to overtime. He want the uh, that second point, but um, to we were you know resilient and stuck around and, and found a way to get one. I know it's a disappointing result, but how do you describe this five-game road trip as a whole after going two-two? Yeah, I think it's funny the, the two games we probably played the best. We didn't uh, get any points out of those games. So, um, you know, there's a lot to build off off this road trip. Uh, a lot of good hockey was played. With that said, we didn't get the amount of points and, and, and the amount of wins that we wanted to. And uh, we, we go home, reset for a day, and right back at it. Thank you. Uh, with so much turmoil going on first, there was something in Canada, now obviously around the world in Ukraine. How is it to keep calm and concentrating focus the season's coming close to an end and you're fighting for every point too? What is it like in the locker room? Did you guys talk about it 
team talk about overall and your communication about it just to keep focused with all the stuff that's happening around the world? Yeah, I think everyone's obviously very aware of what's going on in the world. Um, and as a, as a team, we talk about it. Uh, our job is to, to come out here and play and, and try to get points. So that, that's where our focus was there. All right, that's Darnell Nurse after the Oilers fall 4-3 in OT to the Chicago Blackhawks. We will take a, a quick timeout here, and then we'll wrap it up with a look ahead to Saturday's game. The Montreal Canadiens come to town. This is Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. All right, so the Hawks got an early one. Lafferty, 234 into the game. He was left alone in front of the Oilers net. Dreisaitl power play goal, his 38th from McDavid and Barry at 1435. Patrick Kane from Strom and Caleb Jones at 1655. The Oilers tied it in the last minute of the first period at 1926, uh, pardon me, yeah, 1926, uh, Evander Kane from Drysdale and Nurse. It was four on four, no scoring in the second period, though Chicago outshot Edmonton 12-5. Koskinen was good. Koskinen gave it away to Kubelik, who scored 249 into the third, and then Evander Kane scores in the final minute of a period for the second time, 49.3 ticks to go for McDavid and Bouchard. At 2.23 of overtime to bring it from Kane and Seth Jones. That wins it for Chicago. Shots were 32-32. Edmonton's record is 30-21-4. They're 7-3-1 under Woodcroft. They went 2-2-1 on this road trip. They're back home to play the Montreal Canadiens, who are 6-4 under Marty San Louis. They're uh, not always winning, but they've had some games where... Uh, the offense has really exploded, Rob. And Brian Wild, who used to work here in Edmonton, now works for Global Montreal. He, he tw- posted on Twitter uh, earlier tonight, the Montreal Canadiens uh, are in second last place in the NHL and their fans are happy. There's <laughs> 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 something along those lines. Uh, well, they're playing loose. I mean, they're playing loose. I, I, I think that's going to be a fun one. On Saturday, you're going to have a full building. There will always be Montreal fans there who are going mm-hmm. to be a little more enthusiastic because the team's doing better, even though they're out of it. The Oilers cannot overlook this game. I, I mean, this is a totally different Montreal team than the one they beat up on a few weeks ago. Well, the, the Montreal Canadiens have a much better record in their last seven games than the Oilers do. The Canadiens are 6-1 and one in their last seven games. And in those seven games, they've knocked off the St. Louis Blues, the Toronto Maple Leafs, and the Calgary Flames. Those are three of the games that they won. Those are three very good hockey clubs that they've beat. Uh, They've gotten healthier, which is huge. The last time the the Oilers played Montreal, it was almost an American Hockey League team. So they're healthier. They picked up the, uh, was it Andrew Hammond, the goaltender, because their goaltending was terrible. Hammond came in. He got the win tonight in Calgary. I'm not sure if he'll play next game or not. But they're playing, they're playing looser. They're playing uh, confident. They've got uh, a joy. Whenever a coach comes in, there's going to be a little bit of a bounce. But they got a coach right now in Marty St. Louis who's uh, just, I, th- I think he's telling them just to go out and play. That forget about everything that's happened this season because it's been horrible for a team that went to the Stanley Cup Finals. Just go out and enjoy yourselves. And they're starting to do that. Just watching them play tonight. They're having excitement on the ice. They've got skill. There's a lot of players that went to the finals last year still on this team. Uh, so they've got a high, high end up front. Uh, it's they they do give up chances. So that's the one thing with the Oilers on Saturday. They're going to get their opportunities. So they're going to have to execute. But I'm expecting a, a fun game. I think there's going to be a lot of goals. I think there's going to be a lot of Grade A scoring chances, and it'll just be they're going to need more saves than the Montreal Canadiens goaltender, whoever it is, gives 
gives them. But uh, Montreal is a game that everyone get excited for. It's, it's like when the Toronto Maple Leafs come. There will be a lot of both jerseys in there. There will be chanting going both ways. It will be a full crowd. Uh, and I think that the Oilers uh, are going to need to lead on their, lean on their fans a little bit on Saturday simply because there's going to be a tired group coming in here. They're going to need a little energy from the hometown fans, and I expect that they're going to get it. All right, and that one, 3.30 face-off show on Saturday, game at 5, Oilers home to the Canadians. Tonight, Oilers lose 4-3 in overtime to Chicago. Get more on 630chet.com or globalnews.ca. Bob Stoffer has Oilers now from noon to 2 tomorrow. I'll have inside sports from 6 to 8. Thanks to Kellen Kennedy, your studio producer this evening. We've been in the Friesen Brothers Broadcast Center. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks for listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone. Like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.